We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is July 24th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always. Joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. What's going on, Luke? Not much. The weekend was a little irregular. My my toddler decided that she would get stomach sick for the first time in her life. I don't know how we avoided it this long, to be honest. She's almost three. But uh, yeah, made for an eventful Saturday. I was out detailing a, a truck with my brother. And then Lauren calls me and is like, I need you to get home. It's It's violent. So get home and we were going to go out on a date night yesterday that we were super pumped about at a local like just Mexican restaurant that we love and uh, you know kids tend to cut plans short or cut them all together and that was you know kind of how we spent our Saturday so I'm I'm happy to be here tonight because it means that my daughter is not up and she's thankfully it seemed like a one-off thing and uh, I'm able to record tonight. I was kind of nervous that she would just continue to be stomach sick and it would cause some problems. So that's what I was going to ask if it was like upset tummy kind of, you know, vomit or if it was like stomach flu kind of she, a vomit. She woke up. She woke up with a with a fever from her nap yesterday. And uh, I don't know, just we thought she was getting better. Her room was really hot. We were like, is it her room? So we went and had to go get like a freaking window AC unit last night because this townhouse, the upstairs doesn't really cool very well. So we, uh, you know, some money later, we finally have an AC window unit up there that works great. But um, yeah, just having to really, she doesn't like new things in her room. If we bring new things in her room before she goes to bed, we have to take it out. So we've had to plead and beg with her to let us leave that in there. It needs to stay in there. It's for her good. And uh, so that was another product of, of yesterday to add to the chaos. So, yeah, uh, again, just happy that it didn't bleed over into today and that we could be recording right now as you know early as we are because it could be a lot later. The first time our oldest got sick, like vomiting, all that kind of good stuff, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. She came into <laughs> our room just drenched in vomit. So Ugh. we were just like, oh, like she just must have ate something that didn't agree with her. You know, this was the first time we had a kid, you know, stomach sick like that. Mm-hmm. So like got her cleaned up, you know, changed the sheets, got her a new blanket, you know, pillowcase, cleaned her up, got her back in bed, didn't think anything of it. Parents, new parents out there, your kids ever vomit, act like they have the black plague. <laughs> Wash your hands, masks, everything, because... 24 hours later, my wife and I both hit with the stomach bug, vomiting, both ends, absolutely <laughs> terrible. And we we didn't even think about it like, oh, wow, this could be a stomach bug that is contagious. Then we could get it. You could give me almost any illness in the world. I do not want a stomach bug. That is the absolute worst thing in the world. So I'm glad that Look. that wasn't your experience, but especially my mm-hmm. new parents out there, the first time your kid throws up, 
act like the world is ending. Like get ready and, for Armageddon. And and welcome to the six man show, guys. We uh where we talk about our kids and quite frankly, whatever we want for the first part of the show. So if you're new, this is what we talk about. This is uh not every episode, but we can get there. Well, we do have some magic news as a matter of fact. So this week it was announced that the Magic have signed forward Admiral Schofield to a two way contract for next season. I don't know about you, Luke, but I had just kind of assumed that Schofield was going to be gone. It, maybe we should have thought something was up when he was with the team at Summer League. I really didn't think too much of it. I was like, oh, these are his friends, and he's you know, trying to find what his next team is going to be. Just because I feel like he, I, I felt like he was going to find a main roster somewhere. I thought he had kind of outperformed the, the two-way contract, if you will. But I'm glad that Schofield is back. I think he's a, a great locker room guy in terms of when he's on the floor, he doesn't give you a ton, but he doesn't really ever frustrate you either. Like, is good about playing within his role and doesn't play outside of himself. The team loves him. Fans love him. Coaches love him. Everybody loves him. So I'm glad that Schofield is going to be back with us this season. All you can ask from a guy like Admiral Schofield, Keevon Harris, those type of guys on that are play on NBA rosters is don't have higher turnovers than assists. And... Don't shoot sub 40% from the field. That would be great because the one to two shots you're going to get a game, we don't need you bricking both of them most nights. So, yeah, i happy for that Admiral is back. Hopefully he can showcase himself in the G League enough this year. He goes crazy in the G League. Him and Kevon Harris are very good in the G League. They're ve- they are definitely G League players to that effect. They're like just good enough like just great enough i should say to to dominate the g league and then not quite there in order to crack a true rotation in the nba so i hope that this is the year that you know he finds himself once again on an nba roster signed for the rest of the season much like with orlando and get some burn i just i, I don't think he's going to see that in orlando this year like he did last year correct but again schofield back him, Kevon Harris taking up two of the three two-way spots on the roster. So there's still one open. What are the Magic waiting for? We don't really know. Pretty soon, as we get closer to training camp, they're going to start handing out those Exhibit 10s, those training camp invites. Maybe a guy impresses enough in, in training camp to get that third two-way, or maybe they're still negotiating or, or waiting to see what happens with another player. So the Magic's main roster is full. They have two of the three two-way spots that are taken. So the next guy that they sign to a two-way, like that'll be the Magic's you know, full roster you know, heading into the season. So excited about that. In other news, Jonathan Isaac, who uh, posted to his Instagram story this past weekend as he is starting to do like the you know promotional cuts for his uh, new apparel brand, Unitas, that is getting ready to launch next month. He posted to his Instagram story, like these boomerangs. If you're not familiar with what a boomerang is, it's the video that you can take for an Instagram story where it kind of goes back and forth, like the video. It boomerangs, goes back if forth. you will. It boomerangs, exactly. Thank you for that, Luke. And mm-hmm. he posted uh, two boomerangs of him dunking, like separate times. So, Luke, the reason that I bring this up is because I feel, and this is you know, pretty relevant to our conversation that we're going to have on today's episode, it seems like Jonathan Isaac is... 100% and we should expect to see him ready for training camp and preseason and the start of the regular season. Yeah, I think things got real for us in the Jonathan Isaac journey uh, this past season when we were able to see videos of him dunking, whether that be in the background of a video, whether it be in the forefront of the video, we didn't care. If Jonathan Isaac was dunking, we we knew, okay, he's on the right path. They They have no issue with him coming off the ground, landing again, bracing for impact. It's a big boy to be jumping up and dunking and landing again and to trust him with that and his just rehab. And it does show that kind of like was it Weltman that we talked about last time that he had, you know, said that J.I. is looking good. Doctors are encouraged by his progress and that he expects him to have a healthy season. And we're still, you know, two months and some change away from the regular season. So right now we're about four months out, maybe give or take a couple weeks 
from where he had the like initial adductor injury and then had to have surgery. So if he's already dunking, the adductor strain or tear, whatever you want to call it, that requires surgery. I think we said it was usually like six to eight weeks before they were back to like, you know, 100%. And we're two months past that. So I, I do think at this time it's safe to assume. And people are going to be like, wow, you're assuming Jonathan Isaac is healthy. Like, okay, I, I kind of get that. But he should be 100% now. And we should expect to see him at training camp. Stop me if you've heard this before. But if it, he's not, that means something happened. Something went wrong. We're really hoping that that is not the case. And it is exciting to see him doing that. But obviously, we are all kind of waiting with bated breath just to make sure that he can be healthy for an extended period of time without getting re-injured. So, but it's encouraging to see that. We're excited for that. Jonathan Isaac being healthy on this team is going to be a massive deal. In a little bit, we're going to talk about what we think the rotation will be next year and sort of what guys are in, what guys are out of the lineup. And a lot of that is going to be relying upon Jonathan Isaac's status and if he's healthy or not. So, but that was good to see. Luke, the last bit of magic news that we have here before we get into uh, the real conversation for today's episode is that it's been announced, well, not really officially confirmed, but um, the the Athletic wrote an article talking about the U.S. men's select team. If you're not familiar with the U.S. men's select team, for every international competition, whether it be the FIBA World Cup or whether that be the Olympics, you have the main roster, the guys who are going to be competing in the international competition. And then you always have a select team, which is usually, usually comprised of like the league's premier like young prospects who are going to practice and scrimmage against the men's team. In the past, in 2014, the Orlando Magic had Victor Oladipo and Tobias Harris represent the Magic on the U.S. men's select team. In 2016, it was Aaron Gordon. Uh, the last time the Magic had a player represent them at the U.S. men's select team, I believe was 2019 with Jonathan Isaac. And Paolo Bancaro being named to the main roster. But Jamal Mosley, the Athletic is reporting per league sources, that Jamal Mosley has been named to be the head coach of the Team USA select team. Now, Jamal Mosley has worked with Team USA in the past as an assistant coach, but for a guy who is is very much an up-and-coming head coach in the NBA, to get this kind of opportunity is really exciting, Luke, and is a really big deal. Yeah, and if you look at just past USA select team coaches, you've got guys like, Jeff Van Gundy, Eric Spolstra in 2021 even, as recent as 2021, took that and saw it as enough of an opportunity that he wanted to do it in 2021 when Spolstra didn't need to do that, but he wanted to, right? So these guys are able to uh, just get a lot more hands-on opportunity. And it also shows, uh, obviously, you know Steve Kerr serving as the USA head coach. I want to say he was the select a select coaches, select team coach as well at some point. Um, but all that to say, um, Steve Kerr getting the nod here for that. And um, and I think that just leads the path there for Jamal Mosley to further his relationship with Team USA. And down the road when the Magic are winning championships, Jamal Mosley will, could get the nod to be the Team USA head coach as well, which would be awesome. The Magic and uh, really the Oklahoma City Thunder are, are two of the, the teams in the league that sort of will have the most representation at FIBA World Cup. The Thunder a, a bit more than the Magic, but when we look at Paolo, Franz, Mo, Goga, Joe Ingles, now Jamal Mosley, and you look at the, the U.S. select team uh, that have been like the players that have been named so far, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Quentin Grimes, Chet Holmgren, Trey Murphy, Keegan Murphy, uh, Keegan Murray, excuse me, Peyton Pritchard, Nas Reed, Jalen Williams. So you've got about one, two, three, four guards, three forwards, uh, two centers that have been named to the roster so far. Now, typically, it's younger players that are named to these select teams, but other people have mentioned a guy like Wendell Carter Jr., who might be a good candidate. I don't know if he's kind of aged out of that. I don't know, you know really what the you know, team USA and, and USA basketball 
what their criteria is for the select team. But a guy that I mentioned on Twitter would be Jalen Suggs. And and not to I'm not trying to, you know, roast Peyton Pritchard here, but if a guy like Peyton Pritchard, you know, can make it, regardless of what you think of Jalen Suggs offensive game, like defensively alone, going at those, you know, main roster guards for USA each day through their camp in Vegas would be pretty beneficial, I would think. And I do think he's proven enough on that side of the ball to warrant him getting an invitation to the select team. And hey, yeah, it definitely helps that our head coach is the head coach of the select team. Like they should do him a solid like, hey, I'm going to bring this kid along, let him get the experience. But I don't think that would be like a nepotism thing. I really do believe that Jalen Suggs deserves to be on this select team I, roster. I think it's very possible if Peyton Pritchard got extended uh, an offer, Jalen Suggs got one and Jalen Suggs decided he didn't want to do it for one reason or another, whether he just wanted to stay in his own lane, do his own thing for the offseason, first healthy offseason. He wanted to do something that didn't have any anything extracurricular a part of it. Maybe that was the case. I just cannot imagine that he wouldn't get some, some type of offer with Jamal Mosley as the head coach when Peyton Pritchard's on this roster spot. And I know you said you don't want to throw any shade at Peyton Pritchard, but I'll do it. I, I don't, I, there's no reason Jalen Suggs shouldn't be on the roster over Peyton Pritchard. So I'm going to choose to believe that Mosley did not fumble this opportunity with Jalen Suggs to have him on the roster. And that Jalen Suggs said, you know what, coach, I'm good. I, I, I have my first full healthy off season. I'm just going to do my thing and get healthy for next season. I'm going to choose to believe that he has been invited. He just hasn't like responded yet or hasn't been reported on just yet because I think it would be a fantastic opportunity for Jalen get a little bit more shine on the magic. You know, having Paolo, Coach Mosley, Jalen Suggs all re- representing the magic at, at Team USA would be really exciting. Just, you know, get give us a little bit more, you know, shine, if you will. Um, but yeah. I mean, all of these guys, you know, a, a ton of guys who have played for the select teams and then Team USA, they always talk about what a great experience it is. And like being around those guys makes you want to take your game, you know, to the the next level. So I would love that for Jalen. And I also don't want to underrate, you know, like the Jamal Mosley, like, hey, what's going on, Cade? You know, you, you like Detroit? You ever you ever want to come down to sunny Florida to Disney? You know you you let me and and, and AP and and Jeff Weltman know. You know th- like they talk about these you know USA camps and, and USA Team USA experience being like a breeding ground for tampering. Like Jamal Mosley, like don't say it, but kind of say it. Like just let them let them know what it is. Like hey, we if you're ever interested, you know we got a spot down here for you. That's right, we do. So, so we've got like two weeks. So you guys are listening to this Monday, the 24th, not like this coming Saturday, the 29th, but the following Saturday, the 5th, that's when all of the magic relevant like FIBA stuff starts. So we've got like not even two weeks until like magic basketball is sort of kind of back. So I'm really looking forward to like having basketball that we care about and can talk about the entire month of August into September. And then, hey, like the first, second week of September, FIBA's over. We can talk about Paolo and Franz dueling in the FIBA World Cup final. And then we've got just a couple weeks to kill, and then we're into media day and into training camp. It's so close. We can we can taste it. Summer League got us through part of the offseason here. And then August, thankfully, college football will distract me. Until, you know, we've got obviously FIBA coming up here, a little college football action, training camp, preseason, and we're we're already almost there. Kind of. We're getting there. Let's go ahead and take a quick break here to shout out our wonderful patrons, the folks that make every single one of our episodes happen. If you're not familiar with Patreon, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show, basically a platform that you can help support our show help us do all the things that we do, giveaways, events, uh, just honestly do the show every single week. Uh, And you can also get benefits yourself, like access to our Discord channel, monthly Zoom meetings. You can even uh, get discounted tickets on Orlando Magic regular season home games. So if any of that interests you, again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show and select one of the tiers that we have to offer. 
Part of that benefit is our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons. We shout them out on every episode. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now by starting with shouting out the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normel, or Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch, Dave, Paolo and Francis, Warren, Pierre A, Nostalgia, and M&M's, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Drum, Drummy, Drum, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goatee 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Kayla Pete, Cannibalism, Ty, Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahin 177, Bulby the Don, Himlo, Ban Himro, Arm Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spank Too Hard, Soft Taco, Jesse, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Fanwolf 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kevin, Bruv Sal. A big thank you to all of our patrons. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Luke, for our listeners, you and I here are going to talk about the lineup for next season. Maybe not necessarily exactly the way that the rotation is going to work and how the minutes are going to be allocated, but we're going to go through who we think the starting five will be, who will most likely be the sixth man, you know, first man off the bench for the Magic, what the bench unit will probably look like, and then talk about some of the quote-unquote odd men out, the guys who probably aren't going to be in the rotation, at least to start the season, and just kind of go through all of that. So as we go through this, there is a lot to factor in, and I think those factors will you know, come into play as we're going through the conversation. So let's start with the starting five, Luke, because I'm interested as we go through this to see where, where you and I sort of may feel differently about some things. So who do you expect the starting five to be opening night of next season? I'm expecting, and I, I might have said this recently on the show, but I, I'm pretty much standing pat in what my prediction is. I'm going Markel at point guard, Jalen Suggs at shooting guard, Franz Wagner, small forward, Paolo, and then Dell at center. And there's a little bit of a different approach I'm I'm having here for, for the Magic and Jalen Suggs starting a shooting guard, all right? I value Jalen Suggs. I'm going to start by saying that. I hope Jalen Suggs is on this team long term. However, it is not uncommon for teams to showcase talent so that they can trade. This is them where we're going. Okay. And consolidate. I listen, I've been I've been thinking and I just think that there's some maybe some merit. I think Jalen Suggs, regardless of motive, should be starting this season. I will also say that. So do not come at me, guys, as Luke doesn't like Jalen Suggs. I love Jalen Suggs. Year one, I didn't. And we know that. But I came, I came around to and, that. and I'm one of his biggest fans now. But I have done a full character arc with Jalen Suggs. I'm all on board. But I just think, Gary, you know what Gary is. Teams know what Gary is. I don't think you need to showcase him for trade, to be honest. Jalen Suggs, however, if you think that he you can consolidate some of these young guys on the roster and package Jalen and whoever else for a more proven player in the league, 
sometime this season near the end, whatever, before deadline. That is kind of my thinking. Now, all that being said, like I said, regardless of motive, that's my starting five on opening night. So my starting five is the same. We'll get that out of the way. Markel, Jalen, Franz, Paolo, Wendell Carter Jr. I think most people are like in strong agreement that four of those five guys are, are like written in stone. Markel, Franz, Paolo, Wendell Carter Jr. Like nobody is wrestling their starting jobs away from them, at least not to start the season. The two spot or the two guard shooting guard, whatever you want to call it, is really where most of the debate is going to, or really all of the debate should be taking place in regards to the starting lineup. For me with Jalen, I do feel that last season he showed that he can really make an impact on winning, especially like in winning time. Like when he had the opportunity, came in, like look no further than the Golden State game, like hit big threes late in that game played fantastic defense on Steph Curry, like his defended Steph about as well as you possibly can, forced him into a couple of late turnovers, had the one turnover that turned into the alley-oop to Paolo, uh, you know, late in that game. So Jalen, to me, proved last year that even though the offense wasn't where we wanted it to be just yet, he still can make an impact on the game and make a big impact. Now, we did see Jalen go from, what was it, you know, 21% to 32% from three from his rookie year to, you know, last year. He's been fully healthy this offseason. We know he's been working on the jump shot. He's been working on his body. I don't know if you saw him in like the, um, you know, Minneapolis, I forget what the name of that pro-am is, but he was playing in a pro-am this past week and looks jacked. Like he's put on a, a not like non-significant amount of muscle. I don't want to say he's put on a ton of muscle, but it's very noticeable. So if his offense can continue on that trajectory and he can shoot like, you know, 34, 35% from the three-point line this season, I feel like that'll do enough for his offense to warrant him being in the starting lineup when you consider his defense. The last thing that I'll say about Jalen is I think year three should really be the point where you can tell if a guy is going to be good enough to be a starter on a good team. And this is the year for Jalen. Like if Jalen can't force his way and like solidify his spot in the starting lineup, to me, that's going to say more about Jalen than anything else. I think so the way that he ended last year, just the impact that he makes, I am expecting another jump offensively from Jalen. And if not, I'm I'm going to be a little bit worried if it's, you know, somebody else like if it's, you know, Gary Harris for example, who started, you know, at the 2 most of last year. Before we move on to the 6 man, do you have anything to add to the starting 5? No, we can get into 6 man bench stuff for sure. So 6 man, I don't think it it should surprise anybody. I have Cole Anthony, you know, was the spark plug off the bench last year, really embraced that role and flourished in that role, you know, having the best stretch of his young career so far. And if he can continue to build on that, you know, we've always talked about like Cole is sort of like the quintessential six man. Like he's exactly what you want from that spot. You know, the first guy in off the bench, I have Cole Anthony. What about you? Yeah, I, I, that's who you got to have. I'm, I'm putting Cole Anthony there. And until I really have a reason to think otherwise. Okay, this is going to be the point where I think it's, I think we're going to veer in in sort of different directions here. Mm. I could be 100% wrong, but like as I was thinking about this and preparing for this podcast, I do feel like my logic is pretty sound. But before that, I want to hear what your bench unit is. And are we running a nine man? Are we running a 10 man rotation? Like, what does that look like for you? A lot of last season, that's where I kind of go to look as far as getting a handle on Jamal Mosley and what he tended to do. A lot of what he did is really a a solid eight-man rotation where guys who were getting like over 15 minutes and then a couple guys getting like six minutes and 10 minutes, like just being scattered here and there when he needed it. 
so it is tough because then you you kind of look down the depth chart if you've got the starters that you've got which you and i have the same you have additionally and i'll i'm for those on youtube i'll count on my fingers all right you have Anth- you have cole anthony anthony black gary harris joe ingles jed howard jonathan isaac goga and mo so 11 12 13 guys you've got 13 guys that can crack this rotation i love having a lot of guys that can play i think the magic are a deep team i don't think they're a great team but i think they are deep they're respectable really as we just kind of rehashed out here one to 13 they're respectable it's a little bit disrespectful to caleb houston but Hey, I'll allow it. Yes, it's also disrespectful to Chumo KK, but here we are. I well, I didn't, I didn't say his name, but <laughs> so I, I listen. You got thirteen guys that are going to be willing to get minutes here. How many guys are you going? I'll get okay. I found a game, Jonathan, where the Magic played seemingly completely healthy. Okay, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Against the Philadelphia 76ers, the Magic win this game in Philly, 119 to 109. And you had Paolo, Franz, Wendell, Markel, Gary Harris. So that's your normal starting five from last year, right? And then you had Jalen Suggs getting 20 minutes, Cole Anthony getting 16. Mo Wagner got 22 that game because he went berserk and scored 22 points for those, remember. A lot of fun. A very good Mo Wagner game, 10 for 10 from the free throw line. Anyway, I digress. So you had Cole, Jalen, Mo, and then Jonathan Isaac played his 10 minutes. Then you had Bamba and Bull, who played 6 and 10, are no longer there, obviously. So even in that game, right, you you played, what, 11 guys in that game? I think you've got to play a 10-man rotation in the regular season, and then maybe once you're getting toward the postseason, you shrink this down to a 9-man rotation. Because come playoff basketball, that is what great teams do they play small short you know lineups there as far as the bay amount <laughs> this is so hard man this really is <laughs> um because you got to take out three guys right but you have to think logically i think you go one of mo or goga when it comes to that five spot and being a backup five full-time backup five right can we can we pause right here and i want i like this is like a big point for me right mm-hmm. Sometimes in the NBA, the guy that plays simply comes down to the guy that's making more money. Goga's making $2 million this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like $2.06 million this year. Mo just signed a two-year deal, $16 million, $8 million. He's making four times the amount of Goga. Those guys are so close for me, like in terms of like what they give you. I have Mo as our our backup five almost exclusively for the, the fact that he makes four times more than Goga does because of the contract that we just gave him. And I don't hate it. That's for sure. I, I, because Mo also brings the energy. Goga yeah. can do it, but Mo is known to be that guy when it comes to energy. And he's just as productive, if not more productive, than Goga Pataze. If Cole Anthony is like the number one seed of heartbeat of this team, Mo Wagner is number two, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. So we're going, for me, in my seventh spot, just for the sake of that, right? Because you make a great point. Mo Wagner being the backup five. Goga getting minimal, minimal minutes. Like, he's in those situations where he's maybe getting thrown into the game for eight to ten minutes, if that in a game. Okay. So you got Mo that I think you can solidify there in that role. He's going to get minutes next year. Jonathan Isaac. He's going to get minutes next year. Paolo Bancaro at the four. And you know, we, we saw him play kind of the three in some situations, but he played 33, almost 34 minutes a game last year. That's not a small number. That's ridiculous. And that's what we want out of our rookie of the year and future MVP and future finals MVP. That's what you want. Almost 34 minutes minutes a game. I just don't know what kind of restriction Jonathan Isaac is going to be on. If he is healthy this long going into training camp, preseason, 
what's the cap look like? Are you still giving him training wheels through this season? The observer of the Magic front office in the past would say, yes, you're restricting him. My hope and what what my heart longs for is that Jonathan Isaac is the full-time backup for and is getting decent minutes. And by decent, I mean like 20. I am hoping. I'm going to go out on a limb and and say we probably don't see that to start the season simply for the fact that he didn't come off. He didn't even like, they weren't even really, really bumping his minutes up a ton before the injury occurred. So like he's still very much going to be on like that pretty strict minutes restriction, I would think to, to start the year. Maybe it's a little bit more, you know, maybe it's 15 minutes, but like, is he going to play a, a ton more than that anyways, like backing up Paolo? Who knows? Yeah. So honestly, at that point, man, I'll, I'll quickly get through the rest of it here because I know that I have just talked my way around this whole thing because I don't really, I'm not entirely certain. We're going Mo, J.I., Joe Ingles, Gary Harris, Anthony Black. That's 10. So is Cole not playing? Gosh, dang it. You're right. That's a, there's 11. All right. And I just don't. And unfortunately, this leaves Jed Howard on the side. And I disregarded Cole because we had already talked about him. So, yes, you're right. I, that's that's 11. Let me jump in here. It. All right. Yeah, you I've got in. I've got I'm just going to rip the bandaid off. Cole, Gary, Joe Ingles, J.I., Mo Wagner. No rookies. Going back to before the draft, Jeff Weltman talked about we want to be at the point where guys are not just getting minutes based off of their draft position, right? Where rookies have to come in and they have to earn their minutes. There is a very good chance that come the trade deadline, Gary Harris is no longer on this roster. So you're looking at, what is it, 50 games where Anthony Black and or Jet Howard are, are not getting regular minutes, as good as those guys might be, is anybody going to come out and say from day one, Anthony Black or Jet Howard are better than Cole, Gary, or Joe Ingles? Absolutely not. You're paying Gary Harris $13 million this year. You're not going to pay him $13 million to sit on the bench for 50 games to then trade him. Yes, you may not need to really showcase Gary, in the way that you would be like trying to boost a guy's trade value. I think Gary's value is just like Gary knows what to do. And Gary is very good at what he does, which is be a plus defender, knock down open threes. That's what a contender is going to be interested in trading for Gary Harris, either come the the trade deadline, or if he makes it past the trade deadline and the magic and Gary Harris come to some sort of buyout agreement. The reason that we're saying this is because it just doesn't make a ton of sense at this point for Gary Harris to really be included in the Magic's long-term plans. If that changes, would love Gary Harris to be here, but it does mean, again, somebody's got to go. And I, I just think it still makes more sense for Gary to be the guy, like like the first pick of these guards that somebody is going to go at some point. Gary just makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Joe Ingles is a guy that you just sign in free agency who, you know, maybe not exactly is in his prime necessarily, but this is a guy that you're going to be paying $11 million who guaranteed had other offers from other teams. Maybe the Magic had to overpay slightly above market value to get a guy like Joe Ingles. But when you're a team that one of the number one priorities of the offseason was acquiring shooting, you didn't go out and sign a very good shooter and a guy that does a lot of things offensively that the Magic could use off the bench to sit that guy on the bench and not play. It just makes way too much sense for me that Gary needs to play to start the season. Joe Ingles needs to play to start the season, especially if we're talking about just in general playing better basketball. And since the end of last season, it's everybody's been talking about playoffs. And if you want to make the playoffs and the goal from day one is to play better basketball and to win games, it makes sense to make the rookies earn their keep, force their way into the lineup, and take minutes from someone else. I just don't see Anthony Black 
or Jet Howard playing over Cole, Gary Harris, or Joe Ingles from day one? Who, where do you have Cole Anthony playing? Like, if you've got a depth chart, where is he on your depth chart? Is he? Is, He's your backup you, point guard. Okay, so he comes off the bench. He's running the offense, and then you've got where Anthony much like Black he did last slotted, year, right? Slotted third in that point guard list. Anthony, mm-hmm. Black, yes. As so, of right now, yes, I have him as our Gary third Harris, point guard. Gary Harris gets dealt. If he gets dealt, then you you're put, shooting guards. Anthony Black goes in into the the bench unit, and he and Cole figure it out. Okay. I just feel like his yeah. feel, his playmaking, his defense is more valuable than Jet's shot making right now. Yeah. It's really weird to be in a position where rookies can have a conversation to not get minutes. How long has it been for us since we've had rookies? I, wel- that- I welcome it. For the people that are like, of oh, course. this is crazy. I can't believe this. We just used the 6th and 11th pick. This is where you want to be, folks. Where you have studs and your your team is so good and so deep that the studs on your roster can't find minutes right away. Mm-hmm. If Anthony and- Black and Jet Howard are the players that we think they are and think they can be, Jet, it might be next year, but like for sure, Anthony will find his way into the lineup this year. So, really, what you're saying, you had Ji in that bench, you know, on the bench, right, coming off the bench. Yeah, Cole, Gary, have Joe Anthony. Ingles, Ji, Mo Wagner. Yeah, so you've got really it's a nine man solid rotation with Ji coming in and playing ten, fifteen. I don't know what his minute restriction looks like, but. If he's playing 15, he's part of the rotation for sure. But And I could see a scenario where if J.I. is really limited in minutes to start the season, where certain lineups, they slide Joe Ingles to the four and Jet comes in and plays the three. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's only five, six minutes a game. But that's like you take those opportunities and, and you make the most of those opportunities. And, and that's eventually how you get more minutes. Like at the end of the year, Gary's gone and Anthony Black is in the bench unit. And they're looking at Jed Howard and like, okay, this guy could be like our full-time like backup three next season. That makes it that much easier for them to not pick up that second-year team option for Joe Ingles. That's yeah. my hope for this season. I would love trade? Jet and Anthony Black to outplay Gary Harris and Joe Ingles and just force their way into the lineup from day one. That would be best-case scenario. I just don't think it's that realistic given all the context yeah i I think that really the picture looks like if you want the rookies to get minutes is yeah like you said gary is gone by deadline joe ingles doesn't get the second year option picked up and you wash your hands of those guys and you move on and you're playing gary or you're playing anthony black and uh and jet where they were obviously but then you got to figure out cole like you said at that point gary gets traded you let anthony black and cole figure it out you figure out what you're going to do does anthony black come in and run the one they come in around the same time or you stagger and you let anthony black play the one cole play the two i think that could work i think that that's what you have to do um Unless you're just not really gonna like, you're only gonna like, you know, that unless A, B, and Jet become the, you know, break the glass and use in emergency situations only this whole year. Is that a? Real I would be pers- surprised would- by that, just because, like, again, I do expect Gary to be moved at some point, and then to me, it just makes the most sense that A, B would kind of, you know, be the next guy plugged into the bench unit. I'm also not like, I don't think it's likely. I think it's like really unlikely. Like I would probably say like anywhere from like ten to twenty percent chance this that this happens, that they just decide like Gary like we're gonna pay you, you're you're gonna be a great like veteran presence on the bench and in the locker room, but we're playing Anthony Black from day one and you're gonna be benched. I, like I don't think it's super likely, but I'm also not like going to completely rule that out because I do think Anthony Black is that good. That yeah, like that's what it, the magic could talk themselves into doing that, just like you know my experience watching the NBA for twenty years. 
I, that's just not how it usually works out. Right. When you're paying a guy this much money that, you know, best case scenario, you're able to trade him for a legitimate asset at the deadline in Gary Harris. Oh, yeah. These are good problems to have. I'm stressed out thinking about it. I'm glad that I'm not the guy. I'm glad that you're not the guy making these decisions. But these are good problems to have. Like, you know, where it was really like a nine-man rotation last year and, you know, a 10th or 11th guy were getting some spot minutes. It's because we didn't have the depth, like because the roster wasn't that good where Mm -hmm. you could really justify having a solid 10-man rotation. And, And here, like... You know, it's it's not really great to play like eleven, you know, twelve guys deep, just because you know your bench guys, especially, it's hard for them to get into a rhythm playing limited minutes like that. But if there was ever a time where you could try to make that argument, it's like, well, what are we going to do with Anthony Black and Jed Howard? Just shove them on the bench, and they're not going to see the light of day for a few months. Like this is where you want to be at this stage in a rebuild. You find a couple of young studs. You're putting complimentary pieces around them. You know, you're filling out the the starting lineup. You've got a solid bench lineup as well where you're not like, oh, well, the starters are playing really well, but here comes the bench unit. And they're going to screw everything up again. Like how, how long mm-hmm. has that been an issue for us? That should not be an issue moving forward. Is These this are the good year problems we, to have. Is this the season where we finally have the starters and the bench on the same page in terms of productivity? How many times did we deal with it last year where it was like the starters were on one night, but the bench was doo-doo. And then the next night or the next game, you got the starters that are awful. And you're like, man, we need to change the scenery. And the bench comes in and they're awesome. And Mo Wagner's leading the unit. Like he's freaking Mo Wagner, Cole Anthony turning games around. Yeah. I How just many hope times that did we see that last year? I, I hope that the word for this year is consistency, both in health and production. We need it bad. I, I think there will still be a discrepancy between the two groups just because that's the way that the NBA works. But it shouldn't be one lineup or the other just absolutely killing you. And then the other unit has to do, you know, have some kind of superhuman performance to bring the team back into the game. Well, yes, of course. And really, it's not that the bench is expected to be as good as the starters, but I'm not out here watching you get waxed up and down by the Bucks starting lineup. And then finally the bench comes in and they're just playing their butts off against the bench unit for the Bucks. Like I just need them to equally be both good at what they're expected to do. You compete with the other team's starting lineup every night. You compete with the bench's starting lineup or the bench's lineup every night on the other side of the floor. And we're just rolling consistently all season. That's that's really all I want is consistency this year. I consistently want 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 this, this team to show out and and show up. And I don't have to worry about which unit is going to look good and which unit is going to look bad. There's going to be nights where that happens, but I would love a majority of it of the time not to happen. Yeah, we don't want to see any more, you know, double digit negative, you know, plus minuses from anybody, (laughs) whether it be like at halftime, nonetheless. You know, we don't want to see that from the bench unit or the starters. You know, starters, you know, plus three, plus four. Bench, you know, minus two, minus three. Like, I can live with that. You know, like, keep the game close. You know, win games late. I'm good with that. But I don't want any of this. Like, oh, great. The bench has us down 13. Now the starters are going to come back in. They're going to make it close. And then they're going to run out of gas with three minutes left. And we're going to lose this game by seven. Like, that, those days should be gone. And the great thing is, like, we're having this conversation. And we could be completely, totally wrong. I would be surprised... Like if I was a, had to bet on Anthony Black or Jet Howard and who's going to play more minutes to start the season, I'm like betting the house on Anthony Black. I will not be surprised in the least bit if Jet Howard is just like buried on the bench to start the season, like the first few months. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Anthony, with you know just like how good he looked in moments in summer league. And how badly we were saying, like, we just want to see this guy around other NBA guys because his feel, the vision, the defense, the rebounding, all very real. I could see him forcing his way into the lineup early on, especially if, like, hey, it's just, you know, Gary left, you know, in the second quarter with a, you know, hamstring issue or whatever. We're going to plug Anthony Black in. And then in like 15 minutes, he's got like 12, 12.6 rebounds and four assists. 
And then we're just like, oh, well, hey, this guy is pretty good. And the bench unit looks awesome with him. Let's see if, if this thing can work. So this is a fun conversation to have. We could be totally wrong, but I, I do think we're going to be pretty close here when we see things shake out to start the season, Luke. Yeah. Yep. All right. Anything I, else I, before we go ahead and wrap this one up? I was about to say, I got, I got nothing else. I got a lot of thinking to do. My thinking and my thoughts that aren't really productive except for content on this show because we have, like you said, they could roll out something that we're like, man, this is the wackest thing we've seen since Dell and Mo in the lineup together. I was about to say, like, who knows? Like, <laughs> Mo Bamba and Wendell could be playing in preseason. We're like, oh, don't worry, guys. You're not going to see this in the regular season. And sure as you know what, opening night, it's Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. So... We're all just along for the ride here, folks. We're going to enjoy it, and we're, yeah, we're, we let's reserve judgment until we see things in action. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yep. All right, we're going to wrap this one up. Thanks for listening, y'all. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.